You're listening to the Benchwarmers Podcast Network, and this is Ride the Pine. episode of Ride the Pine presented by the Benchwarmers Podcast Network. I'm Sean Sprout, your producer. Joining me as always are my co-hosts Cameron May, Adam Freeman, Kenny Hutton. It has been 54 days since our last recording. We are finally, hopefully, somewhat back. Uh, Good to see you guys. Uh, What have you done in the last 54 days? Enlighten me. What have you been up to? I think I've actually shot a 54 on a uh, nine-hole round, so they got that going for me. That's not something to brag about. (laughs) You think I'm bragging about it? No. Sean, you look like you grew a little bit. You you think so? Like, tall? Yeah, you look like you're a little bit taller. (laughs) Okay, I'm sitting down, so thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) It could just be the angle. I mean, usually you're a little bit bit short of the tall... uh, tallest shelf behind you and now you're right at the tallest shelf so i think you're good in our defense it hasn't been 54 days since we recorded just 60 (laughs) we do need to make that very clear (laughs) we have this is what our fourth or fifth attempt actually at recording to to let everybody know we have had every technical issue that could possibly exist has happened to us in the last 54 days uh, we don't even know. We could. We might still be having them. We're not really sure. We'll find out after we actually attempt to edit this uh, this podcast. So, Charlie's still somewhere trying to talk about the UFC right now. He's been logging in for 52 days. <laughs> uh, so I guess let's jump right into it then, guys. Um, our first topic for the day then, uh, US Open. Uh, who wants to go ahead and start us off with that? I'll get it. So I think the U.S. Open, uh, first off, I think L.A. Country Club kind of shit the bed on being a true U.S. Open, but it didn't really uh, didn't really matter. I think there's still pretty good fireworks towards the end. You had Wyndham Clark pulling away with the win, shooting 10 under. Uh, Rory just could not pull off getting his fifth major. He finished 9 under. Scotty Scheffler actually made a little bit of a comeback to finish at 7. Cam Smith, um, he definitely made a comeback, minus 6. And then Tommy Fleetwood somehow shoots a 63 in the final round but it didn't matter because he just barely made the cut um but he fails in tommy fleetwood ways um but i mean real in reality i think la country club should never be allowed to have a u.s open ever again got bad news for you they have it again in 2039 i could see the usga pulling i think they i think they're gonna go back to la country club and saying look you have to do this they only had 14,000 paid uh, general admission people on course every day. That's insane. And 9,000 of them got bought up by the members. Yeah. We had 14,000 people around 18 all four days for the PGA Championship. So to only have that on the course, like, that's horrible. You can't have it. And the course was not laid out very well for TV or well Hold for on. fans. Hold on. You're telling me people in Southern California – uh, had other things to do. <laughs> I think they were all trying to go to San Diego to build on help build uh, Stan's new development for a hockey oh. arena. 
I think the bigger issue was that the members were just insufferable pricks who didn't want anyone to actually come and walk on their course. They didn't want anyone else on the grounds. The only way that I think the USGA really kind of flubbed it was, you know, they'll always say that the weather dictates scoring and the conditions, but, I mean, you got to do something. U.S. Open should not be having 62 shot in them, much less two by Ricky Fowler and Xander, of all people. In a matter of, like, ten minutes, too. Yeah. I mean, U.S. Open, they can't keep billing it the hardest test in golf. They can't keep using the same promos they've used for 50 years if they're going to get easier and easier as they go along. I get the player's bitch, but that's kind of part of the fun of it for me as a viewer. I mean, Phil Mickelson hitting a rolling putt in protest is a phenomenal moment that will forever live on in U.S. Open. They're going to keep showing it on the promos, but they're not going to let the course get baked out like that anymore. I mean, the video of, oh, who was it? Uh, uh, he's going to be our captain for the Ryder Cup this year. After the second round screening at the official, they, they've lost the course already. I mean, those are classic U.S. Open moments that I would love for, to see replicated over and over again. Keep I feel like I'm, I'm going to yell that at Zach at St. Peter's on a Monday night. You've lost the course already. <laughs> what, a ridiculous, what a ridiculous thing to say. I think they tried their best, though. Like, you got to think that in Southern California, it's going to be sunny, it's going to be dry, and it got cloudy. But you look at some of those pin placements. I think it was Saturday on Saturday on six or something like that. It was four yards on, four yards from the left, four yards from the right, and it was over a bunker. So it's not like it was perfect. The problem was, and I forget who said it, it might have been the no laying up guys. That you can make it as hard as you want, but these guys are so good, they're going to put it in the spot that they need to put it in and be able to two-putt for par. And they're going to get lucky and hit putts that are going to be able to be made. I mean, there was a video of Rory, and uh, I think it was on Wednesday, that he was putting from the upper shelf on one green, literally with his back to the cup. It went all the way down the left side and then all the way back, and he missed it by about two feet. I mean, these guys are good. Let's go back to the old promo. These guys are good. Uh, I mean... It just, you can't make it that way and then pray for weather. It just needs to be straight tough. And the rough, you get the rough videos starting on Sundays. Um, the rough was thick, but the guys seemed to find their way out, except for DJ, who got a quad because he hit it into the rough and then hit it into a bunker. Um, and One still somehow. One of us. Yeah. One and us. still <laughs> somehow only shot 70. Um, the question for you guys, Cam, you kind of mentioned it as well. What do you guys want to see? Do you is it based on the tournament? Do you guys want to see the U.S. Open? The guys struggle, and then you know the PGA, the guys go twenty under par, or do you want to see true like golf struggles? What are your guys' opinions on that? Mm, well, I see enough golf struggles on Monday. Um, <laughs> I mean, you I'm can't honestly, beat up on Charlie when he's not here. Oh no, I was talking about myself this week. Um, I almost threw my putter into the lake. I was so pissed on uh, 15. Um, you know, I I just kind of want to see, like, emotion and fire. Like, I, I'm to that point where the only thing in golf that really interests me besides Augusta is the Ryder Cup. Uh, and I don't know. Maybe it's the, the nation versus nation, collective of nations, whatever you want to say. But, like, these guys, they don't fire me up. Ricky Fowler, like, uh, no entertainment. After hole one on Sunday, you knew he was going to lose. It was just the way he was playing. Oh. Like, 
I, I don't know if I knew that sound, but... <laughs> oh, dude. It was... It, it was bad. So, take take all of that out, out of it, though. So, would you rather, like, see these guys hit 63, hit 65, or would, would you rather see them struggle? Just take all of the extra stuff out of it. For the U.S. Uh, Open? Struggle. Yeah, well, we'll say specifically for the U.S. Open. Oh, I want to see them struggle on every tournament, and truth be told. Like... These guys are okay. So, how you ever measure can, handicaps? They're technically minus whatever, right? They're minus six, seven, fives. Like they they should walk all over most courses. Like I want to see them struggle. Justin Thomas shot fourteen over in two rounds. He, he did shoot an eighty-one. There you go. And, okay, and honestly, I think the show was him and Homa going back and forth on Facebook or Instagram or wherever the hell they were going back and forth on. Uh, almost jumping on Facebook Live to do an absolutely hammered session of who would win on the back nine, which would have been probably more views than the U.S. Open itself. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, not to jump on no laying up turf here, but the coverage just absolutely blew on top of that. The commercial load was ridiculous. You couldn't get at all into what was actually going on. They would show three shots playing through for three shots, come back, show two more, say, while we were away, here's what was there. It's like, well, you wouldn't have to keep saying while we were away if you would actually show the golf life for once in your life. And then it would go to a five-minute commercial, all for the payoff to be, here's your one-hour commercial free by Rolex. It's like, cool, thanks for kicking me in the teeth for four days and then giving me one hour of joy in my life on Father's Day. This is what I'll say, I think... I think you guys have given me a bad rap. I do watch the majors, but I turned that off. I went and watched the the League Nations Cup or whatever their whatever Calf is calling it these days. Like, I was more invested in the men's national team, and usually I don't do that. I think the part of that, and I agree because I did the same thing. I just had it on my phone in the end, and I, we had horrible internet service anyway, so it was it was what it was. I think part of that was the fact that it was on the West Coast and the leaders teed off at 4 o'clock local time. Yes, That sucked. That was not good. Like, I'm one of those people, I do it during NASCAR, I do it during golf. Usually I fall asleep. It just, it happens. Let's admit it. We're watching on TV. It's not the most exciting thing. Generally, I'll fall asleep for at least a little bit of a section of it. I did the exact same thing this week, and it just so happened that now it was 6 o'clock when I got done, and guess what? Now it's time for dinner. Now I got to get kids ready for bed. Now I got this. Now I got that. And you run into, for us who are sports fans in general, you run into CONCACAF. Like, they changed it from Saturday. The guys bitched a ton about basically having to play in the lights or in the dark uh, on Saturday night because the final round finished, I think they said at like 9 o'clock local time. Um, Been there before. It sucks. But moving it up two hours doesn't help. You got to be able to attract attention, and I do want to see them struggle. In the end, the number the number that they shoot is just relative to what the scorecard says. So yeah, they shot ten under, but they shot relative to the scorecard. I want to see how close it gets together. Like, what is the leader score versus last place's score? I want it to be competitive. I want to see five, ten, fifteen guys all having a shot, and for a while there. There was a decent amount of people that had a shot at it because we all knew the sun was going to come out in the afternoon and it was going to bake the course and it was going to dry it out and make it tough. In California, you can bake a lot of things, but they 
they were able to be a little bit closer to everything else that it could that it could or everybody else was able to be a lot closer because of that if not it would have been a runaway Wyndham Clark would have ran away with this tournament had the conditions not toughened if if I break it down to like the meat of the question which is I do you want to see them struggle or do you want to see them dominate and uh, you know, to get back to that, since Cameron just went off and started talking about commercials out of nowhere, uh, <laughs> uh, I would rather see them dominate every time, because I can go out and I can see the four of us struggle. I can see four middle-aged dudes struggle on a golf course any day of the week. Whenever I turn on my TV, I want to see the best of the best play, and I want to see something that I cannot do. I can't hit the ball like they can. I can't chip like they can. I can't putt like they can. I I would rather see them just completely obliterate and dominate a course any day of the week. It, it, but I don't it, think it, it carries I, on TV. Sorry, Ken. I disagree. I was going to say, it brings up the old thought of, like, NASCAR had a legitimate conversation about, like, having the big teams start in the back. Mm-hmm. And and I know there's one tournament where they do that, right? Like, somebody gets strokes. Um, it's and the like, basically, Yeah, the... the you know, you get some guys who have basically already won by the time it started. Like, what about taking off strokes? Like, actually legitimately playing handicaps with some of these, you know, the the amateurs and, and the guys who are lower. I, I mean, I don't know what it takes to be a pro as far as, like, gin goes. But I would imagine that there is a difference between a Scotty Scheffler and Brendan Steele. Right? Like, there's, there's got to be a big difference. Yeah, there's definitely a difference between them. Uh, I mean, I get what you're saying. Uh, one kind of pessimistic look on the, I want to see them struggle, the view that I have. If you want to look at it in the worst light possible, it's that if these people are this good and they are topping the ball out of the rough, then what hope is there for me at a 13 handicap <laughs> to ever do anything if the people who are minus six are topping the ball out of the rough? So... I mean, I can see both sides. Personally, I I like watching Trump. I think the difference for me is, is on TV versus in person. On TV, I want to see him light it up because that's not something that I can see every day. I want to, or I'm sorry, in person, I want to see them light it up. At the PGA Championship, sitting where we sat on Sunday, seeing where the guys were hitting the ball to and how far it truly is, how accurate they truly can be with it. Um, I mean, hell, you had Adam Scott that hit from literally Kenny's chair, or like two steps behind Kenny's chair, that was able to still get it on the green in an impossible shot at a possible angle. That I want to see because that's stuff that you're right there. You can see like measurable distance. On TV, when you're watching a tracer that just kind of goes off or whatever direction, it is way more fun when the tracer kicks off way far to the left and hits something and then bounces off and then does all these crazy things versus it's just going straight down the middle every time. I think his exact quote was, uh, Good day, mate. Can you move your chair? Something like that. And then he moved it for you. <laughs> he literally moved the chair. It's just interesting to me that like, golf's one of might be the only sport where we root for mediocrity. Like, we want to see them suck. That's just, it's, it's just a little backwards for me. I don't want to see them suck every week, just at the U.S. Open. I don't care if they go to the PGA and they shoot 35 under. Like, I just want the U.S. Open to be hard. Because <laughs> it really should be. I mean, you think of all of the stuff that it takes to get in. You had Sergio Garcia playing in a tournament that anybody can pay to play in. 
to qualify and be able to then go to another tournament that he had to pay to play in to be able to qualify for the U.S. Open. Like, it truly is one of the hardest things to get into when it's a solo sport and, a, a you know, as far as, like, sectionals and qualifiers go. It is a very tough thing to get into. That's what makes it neat. And then you have these guys that go out and they're able to compete and they're able to to do the stuff at a higher level. Yeah, you want it to be as tough as possible. You don't want Michael Block to be able to to shoot, you know, four or five under if he has a chance. Because he, if he had the distance, he could be just as good as Rory McIlroy. So speaking of things that still suck, let's talk about the NBA Finals. Uh, Denver Nuggets apparently beat the Miami Heat in five games, it looks like. Uh, and then let's jump to the other sport that finished around the exact same time, the NHL, which is the hardest title to win is the Stanley Cup. Um, nobody can try to beat me on that one because it will not happen. Um, you had the Vegas Golden Knights, who did cheat to be able to win the Stanley Cup. Um, basically, I hate kind of admitting it, they kind of destroyed the Panthers, but I think that was a lot to do with Matthew Kachuk being hurt versus anything. Um, and they win the game in five, or the series Dude in five to take home the cup. broke his sternum. Right. That's and insane. still played. That's That's insane. Uh, he still played the same game. They they would have built a statue for Albert Pujols had he had broken his sternum during mid-game because he would have acted like he was dead. Like, <laughs> hockey yeah. players are on a different level. That turret all or whatever the hell the painkiller is is really good. So that leads me to my question. Which championship, obviously it is the NHL out of these two, but which major sports championship do you guys think is the greatest one to watch? You got Super Bowl, you got NBA Finals, not college sports, just the true majors. You have MLS. Which one's the best one to watch? So, okay, so you got to take into account one major thing here. Is it one game or is it multiple? Uh, the one game, in my opinion, is always better than the multiple, uh, just because it's more in the moment, and you have two hours, three hours to win a championship as opposed to a week. So, uh, Super Bowl is um, more of a spectacle than it actually is a football game. I'll be honest, I check out the majority of Super Bowls. Um, uh, am I am I showing my true colors if I say MLS? No, I could see it. Okay, I'm gonna say MLS. MLS is the best. Cameron, I, I like when your heads out with the MLS. MLS playoffs are nothing but chaos. Awesome to watch. Uh, I still think that the Stanley Cup playoffs is the greatest spectacle in sports. Probably, uh, I'm gonna go with the Stanley Cup. But we're talking just finals, right? We're not talking the whole playoff run. Yeah, yeah. the championship. Okay. Yeah. You can take it all as one, or you can take it just as the final series. That final series, is it always delivers. I mean, even this one's kind of a dud. Still fun to watch. There's something special about the World Series, too, though, man. There's something so different I, about the World Series. I, I was going to say that, and I'll be interested to see how the new rules in, or like affect the World Series. Because I have said playoff baseball has taken years off my life. Um and, I mean, we've seen, what, 04, 06, 11, 12. 13. 13, yeah. I mean, that, that's a lot of years off my life. Thanks a lot, St. Louis Cardinals. Um, but, man, 
there's something about the Stanley Cup. I, I, I don't know what it is. There's aura around it. Um, World Series is a close second for me, but it has got to be Lord Stanley's Cup. I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I really don't. Oh, there is uh, the WNBA finals. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the wrong answer is the NBA finals. <laughs> no, the NBA finals are great, man. Maybe not this year, but the NBA finals are typically pretty great. Uh, you know what? So, I catch myself watching the NBA finals a lot. I'm one of those people that I have to watch the final game. I don't care what it is, except for a couple things here and there. Like, Obviously, I'm not going to turn on tennis or WNBA or things like that. But, like, I want to see the final championship. So if I know that the game is going to finish whatever, or, you know, game seven of anything, I'll watch game seven just because game sevens are always crazy. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of with you guys as far as it's really hard to pick between baseball and hockey. I think, I think Stanley cup is to me more of a big deal because of what it is. And because it is the hardest championship to win in all of sports. But there is something about playoff baseball, like kind of with Kenny, like it 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 wears on you. And I think that might be more because we have been fortunate enough to be able to watch the Cardinals go further. Sean, what the fuck are you doing with that dog? We've been able to watch the Cardinals go further a lot more in recent history than we have the Blues. But man, the Blues! If the Cardinals took off a year out of my life every year, they've been in the or have been in the World Series the past. You know, 20. God, the Blues in one season took easily the same amount of years off of my life as the Cardinals have in the same stretch. Um, I think it depends on who you're connected to. I, I, Sean, you're not wrong with MLS. I think that once we get a taste of it with St. Louis City, we'll have an opportunity. I think in the end, the greatest sport to watch, though, to finish is probably the Stanley Cup. I mean, and again, I, I'll kind of, from my opinion on MLS, is like, do not, fi- or did not finish, right? Like, I don't know the personal stress. Uh-huh. Like, e- even when I was watching Sporting KC, because, you know, my nephews are fans, like, I didn't feel any attachment to it, even when they won. Like, I feel more attachment to the Chiefs, which is odd. Um, so, yeah, MLS will be interesting to see right now. That West is starting to get a little bit tighter from everything I've looked at. And I will say, too, I think that the the Super Bowl, Sean put it perfectly, it's a spectacle. Like, yeah, yeah when the Chiefs are in it or something, like when the Rams were in it and before they went to L.A., I want to make sure everybody knows that because I didn't really care when they went to L.A. I was hoping for a bomb to explode. Uh, it, I, I basically zone out at halftime. I really do. Like, it, it's nothing for me to watch it anymore. I don't really care. Um, I think for the past few years, I've even said I'm not going to watch it. I'll end up watching bits and pieces here and there, but it's so long. I hate that it's on a Sunday. I cannot stand that it's on Sundays um, because it doesn't get over until 9, 9.30, somewhere in that range. And then if you're at any bit of a party or you're any bit dedicated to the game, you're not going to bed until 11, which I know that as we record now, it's late, but it sucks. It's, it's horrible, and it's one game, and then it's kind of over. Well, and if you don't have a rooting interest, it's basically just commercials with the occasional football outbreak in between them. Uh, There's a really interesting article by Bleacher Report where they basically rank the the biggest events in sports. So not just like final games, but uh, you can call events like all of playoffs or like to give you an example, one event would be like the Tour de France or something like that. Where do you think 
the Super Bowl ranks on that list. And then because we were so high on it, where do you think the Stanley Cup playoffs rank on that list? Give me a number for each of those. Well, How do they rate the Super it, Bowl. Oh, Ooh, that's a good question. Is it rated off, like, viewership? It, no, they're, they're, they don't really give criteria. It's probably more so... Um, Kind of personal opinion, honestly, because they, they mentioned the, the stats of how many people are watching on each. They also mentioned how much money they bring in. But they also kind of talk about how um, how they're a culmination of national pride. And like so things like that. There really isn't like a specific criteria for each. It's kind of an opinion piece. I, I would say, okay, if you're including like the Tour de France uh, the, and like the World Cup, I bet Super Bowl's top three. And I bet this moron for Bleacher Report has the Stanley Cup in his bottom. Okay, let me tell you this. There's 25 events on this list. 25? Does that include the Talladega race? Or is that the Daytona 500 is in there? Uh, there are NASCAR races on it, yes. I don't want to, like, I'm not going to go through all of it to see. But, yes, excuse me, Daytona is on it. I'll, I'll tell you that one. Daytona 500 is listed as 18th. Okay, so that gives me a reference. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the Super Bowl is probably going to be Hell, probably probably five on that list, and Stanley Cup probably probably in the high teens, 19, 17, okay. somewhere in there. I'll say Super Bowl top three, Stanley Cup top ten. I'll say like nine or ten. Okay, prepare to be mad because the Super Bowl is ranked fourth. Uh, the, th- the ranked third is the 24 Hours of Le Mans in France. I'm not even. I don't even know what that is. Uh, that is a race. It's a pretty cool race. I'll give it to them. We brought a Camaro NASCAR this year from USA. For <laughs> we'll get to that. Hold on. Yeah, We're going to come yeah. back to the Le Mans. So two is uh, the Olympic Games. One is the FIFA World Cup. But the Stanley Cup playoffs are 22. It this is guy's behind. It is what are the behind. only things behind? Okay, so I'm just gonna read off. We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go from Super Bowl up. So from four to twenty-two, just really quick. So the Grand National at five, the Masters Tournament at six, Polo at Palermo in Argentina at seven. I, okay, uh, Wimbledon is eight. Uh, Kentucky Derby is nine. NBA Finals is ten. So NBA Finals is uh, twelve point, uh, twelve spots higher than Stanley Cup. Uh, Kentucky is- Derby is a good one. Yeah, Cricket World Cup at 11. The World Series of Baseball is at 12. Then you have Tour de France at 13. March Madness at 14. And it do, it just goes on and on. Ryder Cup is in there. Uh, the Rugby World the Cup. The, Bo- the Boston Marathon. Uh, the Open Championship in England and Scotland. And then Indy 500 before you even get to the Stanley Cup. Hmm. Anyway, so let's get back to the... <laughs> Let's go back to the 24 hours of Le Mans. Cameron started talking about it. It is a fantastic race. If you've never watched it, you can catch it all day at certain points. Doesn't matter because it's 24 hours. It's all these random type like Ferraris and just different makes and models. So NASCAR decided that they wanted to get involved. I forgot when the last time that they were involved was, but it was a while ago. So you have all these random cars, and then you have a Chevy Camaro that is not just any Chevy Camaro. It is the most badass Chevy Camaro in the world. If you've ever been to a NASCAR race, you know what the sound of a, a true NASCAR sounds like. It's just that deep, guttural noise. The videos that they posted of these Ferraris going, and then you hear the Camaro going, Whoa, straight by, is <laughs> absolutely incredible. And the best video ever is, 
is watching the Camaro chase down a Ferrari in one lap, catch him, pass him, and just haul ass past it. Um, they ended up finishing, I think, like 33rd overall out of 60 teams, uh, but they did lose a drive shaft in the middle of it. But it's pretty crazy. Like, I caught it at like 10 p.m. local time on the first night, or I guess the only night, and they were showing videos of guys in the pit box sleeping because they have to be a part of it as well. Like, they don't rotate guys out. They just catch sleep in between when they know that they're not going to be able to do it. If you've never watched it, watch it. It's probably not as high as what it should be on that list, but it's a pretty cool event. Third best in the world, according to the I would, I mean, maybe overseas there's a ton of people that watch it, but here there's not except now because of NASCAR. So we started talking... 240,000 spectators at the... Uh, there's a shit ton of people that go. Yeah, there's a lot of people that go to it. It's a big deal. So we started talking about MLS a little bit with that being one of the most exciting championships that we could possibly have. Now, there's probably even more push towards that happening. And you have all of these guys coming over because Leo Messi is now able... What? <laughs> I had no idea what that <laughs> I looked at my phone. No, no, leave it in. I looked at my phone and saw that last text that you sent to me and Cameron. <laughs> That's a good one. We'll get to that in a second. Anyways. Messy so to Miami. Messy to Miami. Messy to Miami. Sean, you're our resident sports soccer guy. Tell us how big of a deal this is for MLS, Sean. It is the it is the biggest transfer or free agent signing in the history of the United States in any sport, and it's not even close. It's not even cl- remotely close. LeBron going to Miami doesn't touch this. Um, Bryce Harper to the Phillies, I guess, because that's the most recent one that came to mind for whatever reason, doesn't come anywhere close to this. This is the most famous athlete on the planet, on the history of planet Earth, deciding to come to the United States. Nothing touches it. It is going to, uh, it's going to shoot MLS and American soccer into the stratosphere. We're, we're it's, it was the fifth, bet, uh, I guess, like highest ranked or highest watched sport in the U.S. before the move. It'll be third now, and it's unprecedented. To put it into perspective, uh, Inter Miami's like social media followers. Uh, we were talking about it the other day. They had like. Cameron, I think you had mentioned it. They have like two hundred fifty thousand followers or something on social media. Now they have over eight million. It and that was in a four day period. I think it's awesome. I mean, you. I was talking to one of our all mutual mutual friends about it. He was looking to sell his tickets to the Inter Miami game because he wasn't exactly sure the price of his tickets. And they're all talking that it's either that game or I think they play Cruz Azul. Um, like five days later. So they were kind of debating on which game it would be. His ticket price nearly quadrupled for the game. I asked yeah. him today when they announced that officially his first game was going to be against Cruz Azul and they're back to normal. Uh, so, Sean, I know how that makes you feel. Um, yes. But, I mean, it's it's going to be massive for the sport and the way that the deal breaks down with being able to allow him to have Apple TV international viewership, like how the money comes over for that, being able to give him ownership stake, like I, I think this is, I think this opens a door that MLS did not believe that they had or did not know that they had until you had the guys like Beckham and Miami being able to figure out how do we make this happen, and I think the MLS is part of it. I think the MLS is behind it in some way, shape, or form to be able to make it happen. But my God, this is going to be huge for the sport. It, it's well, all I was dominoes, lo- right? Go ahead. No, go ahead, Kenny. You're good. 
I was listening to somebody, and I forget who was actually talking about it, but they talked about the Beckham effect. Like, Beckham comes over, and then they create the DP uh, position. What is Messi going to do? It, it, it is going to revolutionize the MLS. Um, it, it is absolutely incredible. Like, you, Sean I think Wright, he's going to eliminate biggest, salary cap. The, the biggest athlete on the planet, even though he's very, very small, is uh, you know coming to the United States to play a game that is growing in popularity exponentially. It, it's talk about right time, you know, right moment at the right time. Is he going to be over exactly. soon enough to be able to be part of the MLS All Star team that plays Arsenal? His his first official game is July twenty first against Cruz Azul. That's whenever he's tech apparently first eligible. I think technically it could be July 15th is when he's eligible, but he's not making the trip over until the 21st. Um, yeah, I was talking to my friend from Newcastle who said there's a whole bunch of shit that has to go down with him being able to be here, even though he has a house here already and all that stuff right. is already settled. They're gonna Once he gets here, they think that he will be with Miami on the 15th, but he will not be in St. Louis, but he'll be part of the team. And then he goes, once he gets part of practice, just to make sure that he's up to speed... Literally, they're going to say, "Okay, cool. You ran around for ten minutes. You're well enough uh, up to up to par to be able to compete with the guys in the MLS, and then they'll let him play." And that's why they're going to put him with, in the game for Cruz Azul. It, it will change how MLS teams, and specifically Inter Miami, will have to have security at practices. It's going to change uh, traffic patterns in every city that he goes to. It's going. It 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 is Beatlemania in our current age. Is what it essentially yeah. is. When shut up. When Beckham arrived, there were 13 teams in the league, and they had to create the designated player rule. And people forget that if Beckham didn't come to the league, there is no MLS today. That's it. So it's all dominoes. Beckham started. He essentially saved the league. He kicked off expansion. Instead of 13 teams, now there's 29. About to be 30 in what two years? I believe when San Diego comes in. So what? What does this? What does Messi do now? If Beckham kicked all that off, what does Messi do for the league? It's unfathomable where he could take uh, American soccer. Do we think that this expands MLS to a level where they have to start thinking about some sort of version of relegation? So I think it's already been on their minds for quite a while, but MLS is a single entity league. So I don't know how they could ever implement any type of, of pro relegation unless they buy out USL. And I don't see that happening because they're directly trying to compete and basically end USL. They're trying to take over that, those development uh, pathways for players. Or they could uh, they could expand to like 40 or 50 teams and then create like a secondary league. And I know, Kenny, you had mentioned this before on one of our other failed recordings, but I don't think that's going to happen because... Think about think about San Diego saying coming into the league and I want to be a part of MLS and I want to compete with Inter Miami and LA Galaxy and the the big clubs and I'm going to buy in for five hundred billion dollars and you're gonna put me if I get relegated into the lower league to play against Columbus seven times a season. I don't I just I don't see it happening whatsoever. Pro Rel would be incredible. I want it. 
It's just we need to think logistically about how large our country is and the amount of travel those teams would have to do, again, in a lower division. And we just have to think about the fact that MLS is a single entity league. They're not going to allow their clubs to go to devalue after they've already increased over a billion dollars in worth. So I, I know I was talking about the, you know, the expansion to 40 or 50 clubs, whatever it is. And then basically you have pro rail inside your own ranks. But what if they were to go baseball's route and have essentially a national and an American league of teams that don't compete against each other until you get into the playoffs, until you get into the Open Cup, until you get into this new MLS Super Tournament or whatever you want to call it. Because I feel like the MLS is looking and going, we could add 36 or, you know, we could add six more teams and get to 36 real easy they could add six more teams tomorrow and still have another 10 that they would probably would add after that i mean i think that that's why i brought it up is that i think that Messi opens a door for mls expansion beyond belief you have all of these owners that you have san diego that just paid 500 million dollars to be able to get a franchise and you still have vegas you still have Detroit. You still have all of these major cities that want to put an MLS team there. I mean, legitimately, they could get to 40. And isn't that kind of how the Premier League started? I mean, you have, I know that, that England is a lot smaller and, and how they operate in Europe is completely different, but it's all based on cities. Well, you don't think that the top 50 cities in the United States could support a soccer team? I think they could. I think you'd have enough people that would want to pay for it. And then now you have you have at least two divisions. You could do twenty five and twenty five. So there's your relegation, and you could split revenue based upon however you're into it. I mean, it's it is crazy. And honestly, I think relegation happens in college football and in college sports before we talk about pro sports. But I do think this opens the door to be able to do that. Um, I, I think it's the inverse. Cameron, go ahead. Yeah, I think. Pro rail is always awesome, and the debate always comes up. I, I mean, the big thing, like Sean touched on earlier, is like we have to build the infrastructure. We don't all need to do what Winsfield did. We don't need to build 900 houses with a two-lane highway and one exit, and then be like, ah, we'll figure it out whenever we need to get there. And now you have this traffic jam where no one can do anything. But, I mean, imagine that on an MLS scale where all of a sudden you have all these teams popping up that don't have their stadiums built yet. Great, they paid their money to get in, but it takes years to acquire the land, to get the teams built up, to be able to have enough players. I mean, we don't even have enough players locally and available to really stock that many teams yet. I mean, it's great in the future. I do think there will be some expansion. I don't think the MLS at this time is going to look to expand rapidly to 36, though. I'll say this real quick, Adam, on your note on the Premier League and how it got started. The Premier League got started because 11 dudes from one pub decided they wanted to play against 11 dudes from another pub. That's It's a little different, but in, in MLS, this, this is huge because I think it does the inverse where this deal, this messy deal, stops expansion because the league has been relying on expansion to stay in the black because most teams operate at a loss. So they, the league, because they're a single entity and they do revenue sharing, they needed expansion to continue operating. With the Apple deal and the fact that Apple TV and MLS is now in 107 countries and they just signed a $2.5 billion 10-year deal, and now MLS is bringing all those, or excuse me, now Messi is bringing all those subscriptions, all those new subscriptions to MLS, 
I don't think you need expansion anymore to operate. I think the last one might be San Diego at 500 million or whatever it was. Maybe 32 in 10 years. I could see that. Uh, but I think the fact that Messi's coming over at right after one year after the Apple TV deal, not even one year, six months after the Apple TV deal, and you still have nine and a half years left of that and probably two to three years left of Messi, I don't think they need expansion anymore. So then my question to you, soccer guru, who's the next big name to come over? I, Obviously, I, there's no one Messi level, but... There's no one Messi level unless at some point maybe Holland or Mbappe decide to come over. Um, and if you would have told me that... If you would have told me that that was a potential two months ago, I would have laughed at you. Um, but that, that's not happening anytime soon. But I've seen Neymar. I've seen uh, potentially... Uh, Kenny, you got your hand up? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Griezmann. Griezmann, yeah. Griezmann is a big one because he is obsessed with New York. He vacations there for, I don't know, some fucking reason. That's a horrible decision. Yeah, he loves it. He's already came came out in the last few days and said that he it's his dream to play in MLS, which <laughs> hearing that is ridiculous. That's crazy. I, I've never heard anyone say that before. Uh, what about some of these U.S. national guys? So you have Pulisic that is rumored to be leaving Chelsea. You have Gio that just got put on transfer list. Like, could you see some of these guys? You have McKinney that's going back to Juventus. No, I don't think so. I think we're still years away from those guys coming back because right now the allure is still to go to Juventus, go to play at Manchester United, Chelsea. In five years, they may never leave. We, we may be talking about a Weston McKinney who is the number 10 or the number 8 for the U.S. men's national team and plays in Philadelphia for 15 years. But why would the allure be, be for like somebody like Pulisic, who's, he's from Philly, right? Right. That why would the allure not be to play for the union? He's he's from like like right outside Philly in some small town or something. Well, when he was coming up, they just started their academy, so they reached out to him to try to get him into their academy. But he he was better than their academy. He was he personally as a player was better than the Philadelphia Union. In five years after this messy deal, will that still be the same? I don't know. But right now, Kristen Pulisic is is at his age in his prime. Is, can still be doing it at a top six club in England or in Europe or wherever. But if it comes down to the money, wouldn't he make more money over here at that point? I mean, he's not probably going to get the international deal that, that uh, Messi gets, but and he's not going to get the ownership stake. But if you have the possibility of being able to say, like, this is what I was, when, again, when I was talking to Tony the other day about it, that Apple TV deal opens up a lot of opportunities for these guys to be able to say, okay, cool. Every team is going to be getting X amount of dollars per year from Apple or from the league from Apple. Right? Couldn't they then say, okay, cool. Well, if it's you know, I'm not going to do the math because you know we all know that I don't do math live on the air. That if if every team's going to get twenty million dollars, I know that he's not going to get twenty million dollars a year in the United States. But I mean, hell, if he doesn't have to go, if he can go to Orlando and not have to pay state taxes, I mean, he might get twenty million or equal to what European guys get. But then we're now we're getting into the weeds of MLS roster rules because the roster rules pretty much prevent that from happening because of the designated player rules. Maybe only six teams have the 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 ability to go out and spend the money that it would take to get Kristen Pulisic right now. So that that severely limits the market. So European teams are able to get him at a discounted price because only six MLS teams can negotiate. So the price isn't getting driven up by multiple multiple entities, multiple clubs. If the roster rules change and 29 to 30 teams can now compete 
and pay Pulisic whatever he whatever they want to get him to come over, then maybe they can compete financially with a Manchester United or a Real Madrid or whomever. But right now, because of roster rules, no. They're they're literally trying to play soccer on one foot, or to better analogy, I guess, they're really trying to compete with two hands behind their back. That it has to change. And I think Messi is the catalyst to change that. Yeah, I mean I think there's already I was just gonna say sidebar. Did you guys see how low the price tag is on Gio Reyna? Yeah. I think, uh, last time I saw, they were projecting to sell him at $20 million. Yep, City has some injuries. Mm-mm-mm. And the DP spot open. That's true. They got a couple DP spots open, don't they? <laughs> that's a, that's a St. Louis City, not Manchester City, the cheaters who somehow have not been fined or docked points or anything of value. <laughs> That's because desert money will pay wherever it wants to pay. (laughs) That's a whole other discussion with MLS. uh, Matt Matt and I from Put Me and Coach were having this talk today because European teams have figured out the formula that they can pay players and break all their you know financial fair play rules and win trophies and win Champions Leagues and and then 15 years down the line pay for litigation and pay a fine. MLS clubs are just starting to figure out that rules are meant to be broken. Uh, LA Galaxy just did it. Inter Miami's already done it. Uh, I, I feel like Atlanta was rumored to, but it was never proven. LAFC. So once MLS teams realize that rules can be broken, and there's very little that's going to happen to them as far as fines and you know trophies getting taken away or anything, that could be a, a, the second catalyst to force uh, roster rule changes. Wait, did you say put me in, Coach? I haven't heard that name in as long as I haven't heard an episode of Ride the Pine. <laughs> It uh, last recorded like seventy four days ago. We're we're working on it. Matt uh, Matt has a new addition to his family. They just had their third kid, so maybe at some point when the kid goes off to college, we'll record again. He can just join our. We'll just put him in Charlie's seat. Perfect. <laughs> All right, so let's jump to our last two topics. Uh, let's go to news and notes. Uh, news and notes today is not based on sports. And the only reason it's not is because somebody in the group has not heard of this entire conversation. So we're going to have it live versus having it in our text thread. If you ever were interested in seeing the Titanic on the bottom of the ocean, your time is running out because there is a, I forget what it is, but it is, I said that on purpose, yes, uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, But there is this organism that is eating the iron of the Titanic and it is eating it at a rapid pace. So now you have all these people that are rich and decided that, hey, you know what? I can pay and be able to take a submarine that is driven by an Xbox controller to the bottom of the ocean and be able to see the Titanic before it is gone. And guys, guess what happened? The, the controller unplugged. And now we are missing the submarine. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how long it's been missing. Um, the search now is ongoing to find this submarine. They are trying to cover 10,000 square miles, uh, which I believe the U.S. Coast Guard said. It's somewhere around the size of, I don't know, Connecticut? Probably bigger. Uh, I don't even know where to start with this. Uh, I think it's crazy. It's $250,000 just to go. And you have guys that are, well, you have four guys that are over 40, and then the one guy's son. So one guy paid $250,000, or I'm sorry, $500,000, to be able to take him and his son on this trip. And now they're running out of oxygen somewhere. Yeah, I, it, I got nothing. It, it only <laughs> so had we don't... 90 hours of oxygen to begin with. As of noon today, 
they were down to 40 hours. So they have 40 hours to find this thing. Uh, another alarming piece of news that came out in the article, the top hatch door is bolted on from the outside with 16 bolts. So if for some reason everything comes back online, they manage to make it to the surface, they have to hope that someone sees them bobbing because they can't <laughs> open the damn door. <laughs> and these okay, people I have pay so dollars and the interior of that sub is the size of a Dodge Grand Caravan. So, okay, clearly I'm <laughs> Surprisingly, the one, Ruby. Clearly I'm the one that doesn't know anything about this. this is, so, hold on. So, is this like... Like an excursion, like a paid excursion that some billionaire is, runs or something? It is a paid excursion, and it's $250,000 a seat with five people. It's James Cameron, isn't it? No, I don't think James Cameron runs it. So, okay, so uh, I heard that, okay, not only is there a former Navy admiral on, or something like that, um, there is a Pakistani businessman and his son. Or he, the son is 19. That one is kind of sad. We can poke fun at like, the sad. billionaire who's got this a goofy British... Who, who has a goof, goofy British name. But the guy who is the CEO of the company, Oceangate, is on the fucking vessel. So, okay, <laughs> hold on. The owner of the submarine... Is on the vessel. Is on the yes. submarine. Yes. Okay. Now, see now, now my conspiracy theory brain is going off, and this just feels like some type of insurance fraud or something ridiculous. It's just disappeared. Like we don't know where it is. So they said. It, so get this. This is this. This will blow your mind, Sean, because it's so. And rudimentary is the word I'm going to use, but it's not <laughs> technically correct. Um. <laughs> They send text messages back and forth to each other. So the last communication was an hour and 45 minutes into their their, their plunge. Okay. It takes them two hours to get to the Titanic. That's the last they've heard of them. Okay, they're dead. That, Am I right? Like, they're gone. There's the no best way. one, the one, I saw one thing that was like, uh, I texted my uh, mechanical engineer dad to see what his opinion was on it. And he's like, it's pretty simple. Something failed with the oxygen. The compression in the PSI crushed it like a soda can. Yeah. And it became at the bottom of the ocean floor. You're never going to find it. Yeah, that thing is gone. Because, I mean, if it... I I assume, like, as, as submarines, like, sink or, or they, they, you know, surface, they have to pressurize and depressurize very specifically, right? So any minute change to that is just, they're all fucked. It's gone. They're fucked. They're yeah. gone. Yeah, that sucks. Did you miss the part where it's controlled by an Xbox controller? An Xbox controller. <laughs> and it's a Wait, cheap version Wait, of the Xbox it's controller. It's not a joke, Sean. It's not a joke. Someone like, no, someone like inside or someone outside in front of their TV is controlling the submarine. <laughs> it could be the Russians. <laughs> Someone's got a Logitech Xbox controller. <laughs> Did you ever been in the 90s? early 2000s and they had the little station with the GameCube controllers that hung out. That's what That's it what is. That's what the inside of the sub looks like. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my and god. one of the guy's kids is at a Blink-182 concert right now <laughs> posting on Facebook and Twitter begging 
Travis Barker to put on a good show to help him feel um, better about his most likely death. I, I, I did see a reply to that on Twitter, and it was somebody, I forget who it was, was like, well, at least he's screaming, where are you? And I'm so sorry. Don't waste your time on me, you're all many. There was some edit where they edited Courtney Kardashian's son. I refuse to believe it. This is some insurance insurance scam, insurance fraud. The kid is in on it. The the the, the people in the sub are on uh, Cayman Island somewhere right now, living it up. Yep, that's that's the I just, and I I believe. <laughs> somebody, you you go on this excursion and you get into this submarine and then they go, hey, guess what? You only have ninety hours of oxygen. I don't care if it's two hours down. I spend two hours there and two hours up. Easy math on that one. Eighty-four hours left of oxygen. I don't care. I run out of oxygen. No, I'm not doing it. I'm out immediately. There is an opportunity that I could run out of oxygen. No, I'm done. I'll, I'll see you guys on deck. Well, the, <laughs> the first question has to be like, how well is this regulated? Is there anything that regulates this? I need to know. Is this like parasailing? <laughs> In a true sense, if, if they are dead at this moment, I hope it was the hey, there was a leak and then the catastrophic pressure just, just crushed. Because, yes, for because sure. if, yes. they, if they die running out of oxygen, what a terrible yes. way to go. Horrible way to go. Yes. Hypothetical here. If the Xbox controller dies and you know that you're going to be lost, how long until you kill either the 19 year old or the old Pakistani guy? Who's <laughs> <laughs> getting off Damn. first and how long until you make that decision to save some oxygen? <laughs> I gotta cut one. Who am I cutting? So, speaking of cutting people, let's jump. Let's jump to our last segment, which is going to be the sports version of Mary Fuck Kill, because apparently we're going to cut something. Uh, in the sports world, you have to watch one of these events forever. You get to watch it one last time, which is basically banging it out, and then you get to watch it never again. And we're going to go college sports edition. You have the Final Four, the NCAA Championship at Omaha for college baseball, and then you have the NCAA, which I, I guess let's call it uh, the final four of football the way ever it's it's shifted now which one are you guys watching forever which one are you guys gonna watch one last time and never can do it and then which one are you gonna cut and never have to watch ever again this is easy i think i think this I know. is pretty pretty straightforward it's college football right no so you watch <laughs> forever you watch march madness you watch the final four of march madness mm-hmm. i'll get that yep yeah, and then watch one last time is college football uh, because just on the hope that somebody not named Alabama or Georgia is going to win it. And then you never watch again uh, Omaha. College baseball. Hmm. I'm going to have to disagree there. You watch forever college football. One more time you watch the college baseball because college baseball World Series is phenomenal and never again is the final four. Never again the final four. Correct. Is that just because of how bad you did with our bracket challenge? 
I did better than you. <laughs> I don't care. Nobody did great, so it doesn't matter. Speak hey, for your damn self. I did. Hey, Kenny, what did what did you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, now I had now you know I'm I'm repping an actual college basketball team right now. So oh, Kenny, did you go to Mizzou? Yeah, yeah I did. Oh, interesting. Hey, no. now, Who did you go to school with? Now I'm debating because like, okay, baseball is gone. College baseball is the worst. Thank you. Um, That's just because Mizzou sucks. No, no, no. College baseball is, is terrible. No, you're baseball. way wrong. <laughs> I'm way right. So wrong. Um, man. I, yeah, I, I got to stick with it. I watched the Final Four one more time, and then I'm, I'm watching college football playoff forever. Forever. I think I'm going with what I have a chance to see one of my favorite schools win a national title in. And he's not going to say the name. I want to watch Mizzou win an NCAA championship at some point in my life. And I think that becomes basketball. I think that's the only time that they have a chance to be able to do that. So they have a better chance than basketball. So I'm going to watch that the rest of my life. Unfortunately, they're not a great baseball team. So I'm going to watch that one last time and pray to God that that actually happens. But it turns out we play in the SEC and once we hit SEC play, we can't win a damn ball game. I think I'd watch college football never again. Like, And that's not because of hate for it, but I think it's because of where it is going and how what it has become. It's, it's a three-horse, four-horse race every year. We all know this. Whether you want to admit to it or not, you could probably put money down right now on four teams, and I guarantee that you hit it. it it's just not an adventure. Maybe with the new style, maybe with the new conference alignment, maybe. But I think it's one of those things that I, I would dump that and and just go with the other two. Um, and I think for sure I'm watching the Final Four every year. I mean, I think that's that puts takes years off my life as well. I saying it's a three or four horse race is very generous. It's a two horse race in my opinion in college football for the most part. Um, I mean, you only fell out a bracket for one of these. We like we do an entire month-long challenge, fill out a bracket for one of these. You're telling me you're going to give that up and only do that one more time or never again? Come on. Yeah, Cameron, I'm calling BS on that one. The only answer to watch forever is the Final Four. I watched four games of March Madness, and two of them were Mizzou games. <laughs> You missed out, man. You gotta no. The March Madness is the clear answer to watch forever here. There are got legitimately half of the world has an opportunity to physically harm themselves for probably the greater good for most people, and be able to take off for three days and watch all of college basketball. I didn't know where you were going with that, by the way. No, I was very confused. <laughs> there are a lot of people that probably don't get that, that haven't got to that point in their life yet. Uh, at least three of us on this podcast have. <laughs> so I guess, I, I guess my question would be then, this doesn't eliminate me from, like, say, watching the SEC championship and the Big 12 champion. Or the Big no, 12. just Who the championships. The yeah. Mm, okay. Mm, mm, mm. Come on, Kenny. Come on, man. See, you're I, crossing I, over. I know you, so I, you I, it's allowed you, here. I filled up with March Madness, eyes. but just not the Final Four. Is that what we're saying? You could watch all the way through the Elite Eight, but just not the Final Correct. Four. No, yeah, that's... no, no. March Madness as as a whole. 
Okay, the NCAA Omaha as a whole, college football playoff system, whatever it becomes, okay. as a whole. Okay, I Wait, stand by. I my can't answer. watch bowl games. No, it's not the playoff system. Ooh, okay. Or no, you All can right. watch it. It's it's not the playoff system. You get to never know who the NCAA champion is in those sports. I just, I love Dennis Gates so much, and this decision is, is weighing on me very heavily. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be relatively easy for you guys. I'm glad this turned out a little bit tougher. Nah, Other than Cameron. Answer, so I really like football. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see it. I think. I think I give it up. I just, it's not, it's not as exciting. I, I, if you don't think that watching Omaha is exciting, then you just don't like baseball because it is way better than watching the MLB until you get to the World Series. I love when it gets baseball. to the playoffs. Oh, I love ba- I love baseball. I watched a game today that was like nine to one, and it wasn't even remotely close. I can't even tell you the names of the schools that were in it because it was that. Boring. Did you have the Little League World Series on? It, it potentially could have been. I don't know. <laughs> There's no. I. I. I will... Let's go back to the Bleach Report. Where's the Little League World Series go into that? Ooh, good in question. the garbage. I, uh, in the garbage. The Little League World Series is at one thousand and six on this list. Well, that's about where it should be. Yeah. Didn't I don't know. I think who? Hold on. Time out. Who is that writer? Because I want to okay. tweet at him. Okay. Hold on. This could be also a very old article. I don't actually really know. Uh, Zach Pomerantz. <laughs> Huh, and, he, Zach, and Zach wrote this uh, in July 6th of 2012. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's bring up old shit. Let's see how this goes. That's what yeah, we I'm do not... on Twitter. Yeah. We're like original oh, I... <laughs> you guys are so young. <laughs> All right. Uh, Cameron, let's wrap up this shit show. Where can you find our socials? Yeah, before I plug the social, uh, I mentioned of last week, didn't come out, have to do it again. Uh, shouts to Jay Sizzle, the Llama, and the Twins for winning the Kemper Classic slash Bushwood Classic. Great showing. You guys suck, and you cheated. Uh, you could follow our podcast network at BenchwarmerNet on Twitter. This show specifically at PodRideThePine on Twitter and at Pod underscore RideThePine on Instagram. You can also find our sister podcast, which will be making a comeback, at PutMeInCoachPod on Twitter. Uh, follow us on both Spotify, Apple. You can find us on Amazon as well. If this episode comes out, uh, whatever God you pray to, prayers up for a real one. Please pray. Uh, but when it does come out, go ahead, like it, review it, leave five stars, interact with us on Twitter. We like to have some fun. We'll probably retweet you or at least tell you you're stupid back. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Let, let us know if you like uh, U.S. Open to be a uh, struggle, if you like him to see, like to see the guys dominate. Is the uh, NBA, NHL, NHL Finals better? Uh, uh, you know, let us know if you would uh, marry, fuck, kill the uh, Final Four, Omaha, or college football. And uh, whatever you do, stay safe and do not get into any billionaire submarines anytime soon. <laughs>